It is the 7th of July, 2015. This is the audio podcast, episode show 155, Synth Flight Magic. Episode show. Um, hello, I'm Samuel Freeman. I'm back. That's Scott Hewitt. He's been awesome. And we also have equally awesome Adam Yanch. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> uh, keyboard view for me today. Uh, guess the keyboard. Da, da, da. Um, of course, you can um, go to the audio podcast website to get the notes for today's show. That's the audio podcast uk forward slash show forward slash 155 and those are the notes that we use and we'll do a a, you can contact us blah at the end of the show yep so there is news and there's plunder and there's lots of news because of the kind of break in transmission sort of thing that happened there Um, well it's the summer isn't it it is the summer indeed our regular users would have been like yeah they'll be back some point and we are and we're Probably say we'll be back next week and probably won't be. So it's all good. At one stage, I received a message from Scott Hewitt um, personally saying, "Just checking, you're still alive." Not had a response from from you by email. That that was not in relationship purely to the audio podcast. That was a genuine. Oh, I haven't heard. I Sam hasn't replied to an email for over, for almost two weeks. That's unusual. That yeah, I was mostly off grid for a while there, but that's fine. That's fine. All good. Well, let's 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 plow into the news, as they say. Some of the news becomes tenuously news as the time goes on, but we'll get there. Let's take an unusual starting point here, though. Uh, Pro Tools, a new a new Pro Tools release, uh, Pro Tools version twelve point one. Yes, indeed, right. and this will be a free upgrade for those people who have the new flexible licensing thing. And um, why is this an unusual place to start? We talk about Pro Tools all the time. I don't know. <laughs> it's not exactly the big story. I don't know, maybe this, I don't know. No, you're probably right. I think there are probably bigger fish. In bigger this, fish. In this week's show. But yes, uh, Pro Tools 12.1, and it's a point one upgrade, and yet it's, it's you know, it seems like it might be quite significant. Now, I had a look at the, um, at the page that's linked in the audio podcast notes, and I spotted that uh, the mixer, the Pro Tools mixer, has some extra little controls for sends and whatnot. Is is that a twelve point one thing or is that a twelve thing? That it, it's a twelve thing, but with a more kind of completed support. Ah, excellent. And what what else is twelve point one significant for? There's uh, increased track counts, uh, solo solo tracks um, with PFL and AFL switches onto them as well. Um, a couple of new plugin options. You see, I, I wasn't convinced by this as really as a big as a big feature actually, because it seems to be a big deal about the fact that they've rolled out a minor version point change, and if you happen to be paying, their, you know, their Sam, you phrased it incredibly positively. That was really great. Flexible <laughs> licensing, did you call it? Yeah, that's the that's the words, but yeah. Yeah, yes, I, I like to refer to it as the never stop paying model. Um, <laughs> but regardless of which which versions of those models you like, it this this has struck me as the kind of update that should always have been free, and you know, I mean, is free in this case. Mm. Yay. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, that, that's what it is. Anyway, it's available. If you're a Pro Tools user, then you're probably going to switch up to it. Um, I haven't seen anything which is like, don't do this. So that's kind of cool. I'm saying, let, let's face it, that's a good achievement for Avid. They've, ro they've rolled out a Pro Tools update, and the internet isn't full of this broke everything. So there we go. That's, that's awesome. I like and, it. Yeah, the, the top of the page that's linked from the show notes, it says it was, was it three months ago, blah, 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 suggesting that they are, I mean, I, I don't think it's always been the case that they've had a quarterly release cycle. Maybe they're aiming for that now. Yeah, I think that is a, that, that is a new thing that they're pushing, they're pushing for. I think, to be honest, Avid are doing a big thing of trying to be a little bit more customer-friendly and a little bit more kind of transparent and approachable about what's going on with, mm -hmm. with things. I think this is... A good example of them actually kind of like taking that to heart in a sensible sort of way. Cool. Well, you know what? If you're if you're if you're a day-to-day -day Pro Tools user, then you'll probably don't have time to uh, update today. But you know what I mean? I think this is probably it's it's a you know it's a good update. A couple of fix. There'll be a whole load of random fixes that are just help it to do things it should always have done. And that's always a cool. That's always nice, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now. The next uh, news item is indeed a Kickstarter, uh, but it's not a Kickstarter corner, um, just because we, I don't think we've done Kickstarter corner for a while. It is the Light Lead, which is the world's first analog optical audio cable. That sounds very uh, weird. So, I mean, what is this thing? We, well, I, I requested an interview... I haven't heard back yet, so perhaps we will do along the lines. The, the problem is, the, the problem with this whole thing is if I was to say to you it's an optical cable and it's designed for guitars, then in my mind what it is immediately is a cable where you plug it, you, you come out of the your guitar, switch to switch to digital, switch to, an, switch to digital and optical, and then you can fire that, have that cable as long as you want, and it either works perfectly or it doesn't work at all, and that's that's what you get to. And to be honest, I actually kind of understand why that could be really useful. It was, uh, you know, on, on Sunday I was dealing with uh, a guitar through some cable and had some problems there. And that would have been, you, you know what I mean? We had some kind of hum interference that was coming down the cables and, you know, a digital guitar cable would have fixed that, you know, getting it to the DI box at least. But that isn't what this is, I don't think, because it says it isn't digital in any way. But it's not what it is, but it may, but it may well solve the problem in the same way. So they're not going into much detail in the description of how it works. They say that they're using patented optical or analog technology. My guess is that you, the unit that you plug into your guitar, to use that as the example, um, it takes some AAA batteries to power it, and then that acts as a transducer between the electrical signal coming in and probably a continuous variation in the intensity of the light. So rather than a digital optical cable is just flashing the light on and off, essentially, um, at least that's my understanding of it, with this you've got a continuous variation. So in that sense, it's analog. And at the other end, you've got a light receiver that is going to be picking, like, acting as a transducer between the changes of light intensity back into an analog electrical signal. That's my guess. So that means you need, uh, I mean, this is a complete cable, I suppose. So it has a converter at each end. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, from the thing that the problem that Scott was having the other day, this would fix that because you're converting from a magnetic or electric electric signal to an, an optical signal. So that would, 
it would have solved your problem, Scott, even though it doesn't say it's digital. Because you've not got three meters of of copper or whatever down the middle to pick up interference. Yeah. And the and the, and your two your source the things that I've rendered the cable are electro electronically isolated from each other. There is no electronic there's no electrons passing between the two. Yeah. Hey, you guys are you guys seem a bit more uh, a bit more impressed by this idea than I was actually. Uh, I'm not necessarily impressed. I mean, I got, I kind of get it, but the, I think the the two problems I have um, the first is that you need batteries for it, and that's going to be a thing that will fail at the at the worst moment at the worst moment in time. That it says 18 hour. Um, life on two AAA batteries so that's not great and also it's fairly expensive um, so looking at the pledges and the uh, things you can get the introductory dealer pack one oh no wait I'm, I'm still kind of halfway down the page and looking at the wrong thing so maybe it's not that expensive um, I'm just going to look at this, guys, so, you know, just keep on talking. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, and let's, let's face it, something that requires two batteries and is 18 hours, so you obviously, you know, you can imagine you're going to be chewing your way through batteries with that kind of product on it, and a whole lot. And I, I know it kind of feels like you probably get a, a, you know, a pair, you probably can just have a pair of batteries and recharge them every day, can't you? It's essentially what you could probably, you know. It's probably how you'd have to sort of handle it, but I, I'm still fearful that it would obviously break on the exact, you know, exact minute that you want it to go as well. But also, isn't the other thing like, do you, I find I break guitar cables all the time because they just, you know, you kind of, you kind of do stupid things with your guitar every now and again while playing it, and every now and again you just like, you know, close a car door on it and, oh yeah, or like a fire exit during, on it during the show. Well, not, not during a show, but just in general. I'm just thinking it's, you know... Um, well, yeah, and um, the optical cables, it depends, I suppose, how the optical cable is made up, but they, uh, I, I think there's a feeling that optical cables are a little bit less strong, a bit more fragile than your typical hmm. copper-type cable. Now, um, okay, so the cheapest light lead reward where you actually get a light lead is £99. And that's for a that's a limited edition version of light lead that is three meters long. So that's quite a lot of money for a cable that you yeah. probably already have and that you could buy ten of for the same price. So you, I think you really need a good reason to have one of these. So if you're if you're living next to a sub uh, a power a power substation with a high voltage mast overhead. And you've been having lots of problems recording guitar. This could be a this could be a great product for you. Is what this we're saying. Could be worth it. This could, I mean, it's cheaper than moving house, I suppose. So uh, there we go. I mean, it's good in that. In that <laughs> awesome. Sorry, that's such a good tagline. <laughs> Optical analog tables. It's cheaper than moving house. Um, this is the, the Kickstarter has been active for almost a year, I think. I can't remember the exact date that I saw as the starting thing. And it's got 53 days to go, and it has 2% of its target. So this is a product which has been you know, developed and patented, and they were just looking for money for production tooling, manufacturing, distribution. I don't think that's going to happen via this Kickstarter somehow. Yeah. But in the future, you may well see these come to market via other means. You never know. I didn't know you could have a Kickstarter run for so long. 
it's 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 a bit like having a really long auction on eBay. It doesn't really work. You need to pick the right. You know, if is that is that true? You can have a a, a one year Kickstarter. I don't know. Maybe I've misread something today. I'm sure I read something that had a 2014 on it, but it might be in a typo. Yeah, I think you. I think I, just I don't think it was that long. There's no way on the Kickstarter page it doesn't tell you how long it's been active, does it? it just says That's when it true. Ends. I thought they used to. Kickstarter pages used to do that. Anyway, so if you're interested in this uh, optical cable that's basically for your guitar, you know, you can head to the audio podcast notes uh, for this week and then go to the link to the Light Lead uh, Kickstarter. Hmm. Uh. Cool. All right, then. In which case, let's move on for our news further on. And we find ourselves with well, maybe the story that our listeners might have expected us to have really majored on this week, which is that um, Apple Music turned up. Yes. Yes. There we go. And, uh, and on to more news, Ableton released live <laughs> on the today. Not today, but... Uh, um, no, I mean... Um, Apple Music, it, it's all kind of happened while we've been offline, really, hasn't it, Apple Music? And uh, and also, we might as well talk about the Taylor Swift thing now. That's two new stories down the list, but we might as well talk about it in this as well. Um, Indeed so. So for those who... Well, you know, I mean, there's a new version of iOS that rolled out when you roll when you install the iOS update, you get Apple Music there by default. It comes with a three month uh, free trial, which you can only have if you have an iTunes account with a valid payment method attached to it. At which point you're subscribed in already, so uh, we can be fairly certain that in four months' time, Apple are going to have a very good month when they collect. Uh, you know. <laughs> Everyone who's forgotten to cancel's payment. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah, when they collect their, what is it, yeah, 20 million single-month payments, it's probably going to work out quite well for them for one month. Um, and that's what it is. Now, I think the first thing we should acknowledge is that for a cloud-based service, this one actually works. Good work, Apple. First time ever. Like, oh, I see. Works. For an Apple cloud-based service, this one actually works. Yeah, this, this one does work. Like, it, it didn't crash didn't break and it kind of worked. So well, maybe that's what what they were buying the the a working platform from uh, Beats rather than <laughs> building one. Yes, building one themselves rather than buying Beats for their headphones, which obviously we all know that that's not why they were that the Apple bought Beats. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, if they've got something that works and is a cloud-based thing, well, that's good for for Apple. Um, so there was this whole kerfuffle with. Uh, with this three-month trial that um, they said, oh, no, we're not going to pay... It was at the independent record labels. We're not going to pay them for three months. No, they, they weren't They weren't going to pay anybody ever, anybody at all for three months. It didn't matter what, whether you were independent or major. They were just going to give away your music for free and, and not the, pay you for three months. The, the problem, I mean... There's a there's a wider storyline which I'll come on to which I it's 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 storyline I mean it's something that I think anyway it's a, it's maybe my opinion but um, it, it it's at first look you you look at Apple and you're like you've got to be joking Apple have billions of dollars in cash billions of dollars so yeah. they absolutely don't need that and it's a uh, it was a complete joke. Um, and then, of course, Taylor Swift uh, came in and voiced her opposition to the whole thing, said, you know, I'm not going to put my new album on um, 
onto Apple Music because of this, uh, and then all of a sudden Apple, you know, about face really quickly, and, and we're like, actually, you know what? We are going to pay. We it's are going to. theatrical, isn't it? <laughs> and and then I'm like, okay, so I think maybe uh, maybe Taylor Swift and Apple have secretly got together and uh, you know orchestrated this whole media thing. So Apple Music gets a lot of press. Taylor Swift gets a lot of press. Apple make it look like they're being generous, um, where Spotify is kind of painted as a villain, you know, for not paying musicians enough. And now Apple weren't going to pay musicians for three months, and now are going to pay them. So you know, it's all kind of. Um, I I think there's been a bit of shenanigans kind of organized behind the thing. That's my personal opinion, not the opinion of the audio podcast. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I think, especially the way you tell it, I wouldn't go as far as to speculate that Apple and um, Taylor Swift were actually planning this throughout, but I think that Apple probably, as their marketing thing, could have predicted that someone will kick up a fuss if we off threat to not pay anybody and then off the about turn. Seems pretty orchestrated on that level, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott? Yeah, I I have to agree. I I was I I remember reading it thinking they I, I remember thinking the only reason they're saying they're not gonna pay anybody for the first three months is purely as a negotiating tactic. So I do kinda wonder what other piece of horrificness is included inside the contract that, you know, that nobody's spotted or hasn't paid full attention to yet. You know, you can imagine that you're reading it. It's like, oh, they're not going to pay us for three months. Oh, that's a problem. And that's like the point you stop reading, isn't it? It's like we're we got to deal with that problem. And there's probably you know a hundred pages left to go, which are you know. No, and, Scott, come on. I, I don't think the the mu a the musicians themselves are not going to be reading that contract page by page. It will be their legal teams, and obviously. Taylor Swift is going to have enough money to have a proper legal team, so they're going to look through the whole thing. I I don't really quite buy that line of uh, of thought. Oh no, I, I well no, but more more what I mean is it's the it's the line that you've definitely got to get sorted out, which means that there probably are lots of other little lines that were hidden away in the back of it, which which may be our kind of problems. And we're starting to see a couple of those ones. Um, uh, there's been a few kind of bits mentioned about it, but inside this iTunes up to, in, inside this kind of update to supporting the streaming music service, we've seen things like home sharing for audio has now disappeared. We're going to get that. And also the other thing they've done is um, change the way that Apple, the Apple Music Match, or is it Apple Match Music? iTunes Match. iTunes Match, there we go. You can just go guess your way it works as well. So now with iTunes Match, when you upload something, when you upload something into your streaming service, it goes up there, you can listen to it, and when you download it out of iTunes Match again, it comes down as a DRM version, even if the one you uploaded was a non-DRM version. Oh, really? So that's uh, now a way of taking your D, your non-DRM music and reapplying DRM to it. That's really cheeky, because you know, Apple were flying the flag for being like, oh no, we've got rid of DRM and all of our downloads, da da da, now they're secretly putting it back up again. That's pretty dodgy. Um, I read and the... that strikes me as the kind of thing that you have in this contract, which will have been completely overwhelmed from a publicity and from a you know user awareness point of view, based purely on the, oh, we weren't going to pay anybody for three months. Oh, yeah, we but, are. 
the record labels though would want DRM. So oh, I know they would. Yes. So they're happy about that. I see what you mean. It's like let's let's. Uh, okay, yeah. They they they've co covered over those other things that the record labels wouldn't want to talk about either. Um, now I read the um, the Ars Technica kind of review. This is kind of a review of of the um, Apple. Music experience, and they were like, Meh. it seems kind of like their matching service. Um, that the way that it, it uh, uh, that you basically put in music to decide what it should, so it knows what to give you, is really generic. Like you can't just type in artists that you like, and it will figure out from there. You have to go, okay, pop music, this particular kind of pop music, this particular kind of thing. And build it that way, which is the you know for some people that's fine, but for other people it, that that's a really weird way of doing things. And also the iTunes match had a limit on the number of tracks that um, you could upload, and it would actually completely ruin the database um, if you had too many tracks, something like that. Yeah. But uh, you know it's out there, and I I think it's probably best to. Give it like six months and see where people are with it. Well, um, if you're if you're an iOS user, it makes perfect. It makes you know, if you got an iPad or an iPhone or something like that, there's well, it, it's really simple, isn't it? You could try this for free for three months. So why would yeah. you not? And then just put in your Google Calendar that uh, you need to cancel Use. the yeah the thing at the end. Now the one one good thing about the um, the new iOS app for um, that allows the music app to connect up to the streaming service is that actually the iPad has, and the iPhone have been the uh, apps have been revamped and they're so much better. Yep. Uh, or they have potential, shall we say? Now, um, I the, you can actually playlist now. You can do a queue like an on-the-go playlist um, on the uh, on both apps the iPad has been the iPad's app has been redesigned so it looks much better and uses space much better but I was having trouble I was trying to load several albums to play on the queue and by the you know you got a certain number in and then it would the whole thing would crash so they've still got a bit of work to do but there's another little benefit to this whole streaming shenanigans awesome stuff Awesome stuff. Well, I think um, the, you guys know nothing of it, but I was going to propose that we'll record a couple of summer specials, and I'm certain one of our summer specials will be is streaming the future of music. But for now, let's leave our discussion of the streaming services behind as our time passes on. And how about, um, you know what I mean? We have an Ableton release as well. Version uh, Ableton release have released live version 9.2. Quick, before we move on to that, can I jump back so, and apologize for I've got no idea where I misread the thing from and that Kickstarter for the light thing has only been active for a week and I don't uh, know where I got the 2014 <laughs> from. It's just gone uh, crazy. There you go. Uh, Live version 9.2, uh, the big thing from my point of view is it's Max 7. Well, yes. Max, yes. That's so cool. Max for Live version 7 uh, is compatible. That's good. And there's also um, late latency compensation in, I guess that's in plugins? It's plugins, particularly Max for Live plugins, actually. There's been a little bit of latency when you move into Max for Live and come back out of Max for Live, but that's been... That's been sorted out as well. Cool. That's kind of cool. So, 
that's a that's a good update and um, and live updates automatically. So or you can set it to update automatically, yeah. as far as I understand. So you don't even have to do anything apart from leave Ableton Live open for a bit, and it will download mm-hmm. it and upload it, um, install it. Um, that's true. And, and another update is a, a DAW that we never talk about. I, mean, I I can't remember the last time we spoke about GarageBand, but oh, on yeah. its own. But uh, yeah, update to GarageBand. Yeah. Um, there you go. Unfortunately, the notes are written in the past, so they're expect Apple are expected to release a GarageBand update on the thirtieth of June. That's because that was written on the twentieth of June. You see, ah. if you if you follow the you see sometimes the audio podcast website is right on it. And we're like we're in front of everything, and other times we're quite retrospective. We just kind of flip flops, depending on how busy I am. Yeah. <laughs> so did they release a GarageBand update? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, what What's in the update? As described. There you go. Uh, as described. Yeah. The big. You see, you jump through the Ableton story, and there's one really significant part to the Ableton story, which is oh. that there is. Windows XP, Vista, 10.5, and 10.6 are all dropped. Which makes sense with the added support for Window for Macs MSPs, well, Macs for Live 7, because yeah. that, that requires 10.7 or higher. So, yeah. yeah, and also, I mean, we should be moving away from these ancient operating systems, especially Windows XP. XP is should be in the garbage bin by now, completely. Yeah, yeah. So many. What about all those computers out there that still work? Which, but the hardware's too. The like the there's not enough RAM. There's not enough. Install speed. Linux. Install Linux. Yeah, fair enough. Install a, well, a modern secure operating system. A modern secure operating system. The problem You're is bad. that the problem is 10, that 10.10 10 isn't that though. <laughs> well, 10.10 is more secure than Windows XP. The problem is XP is now not supported by Microsoft. Unless you're willing to pay thousands of dollars. Well, no, I think so. I I, I would balance that the the XP drop is obviously as pe- people know I'm I'm not I've never I'm not a Windows fan in any way whatsoever, and there is no good reason to be running XP because XP was not a good Windows operating system ever. Like nobody thinks, oh, I wish I went back to the good days of stable Windows XP. That's that <laughs> that's just not something to say. Windows XP Service Pack One was great. That, that that's very different to the the situation surrounding like 10.6, you know, t- t- the final version 10.6.8 was rock solid. Like I, th- this will sound ridiculous, but if you need a computer that will work every day, and will just require nothing of you to keep working every day, then OS X 10.6.8 is yeah, but is the, the answer. Is, it the is, it's, it's no longer it's no longer secure and. You, there are things like browsers and whatnot that you, that the only probably workable browser that is still up to date will be Firefox. And at some point, Fire, Firefox will say, Mozilla will say, forget it, let's just focus on. Oh yeah, well yeah, and this is and and you know, Sam, Sam, you're right to throw, throw those questions there because it is, you know, I, I don't know, it's something that I find particularly frustrating because I, I I have a I actually, I'm running 10.7 now for this for this kind of reason. But I went to 10.7, and the reliability of the machine has just plummeted because it just does weird. Yeah, it, that's it just does weird things. We're, we're at 10.10 now. 
Well, no, we're at 10.10, but we're only at 10.10 if you have machines that support 10.10. And then you which have is, this question is, what do you do with well, perfectly good to, working hardware, which has no problem to it, other than everybody's end of life is software-wise? Install Linux on it. Install right. Linux on it. You can. Uh, you well, can. I know you can, but then what? The thing I, is I don't that, need it to run Linux. I need it to run Mac OS. That's what I want. That I have a need... Linux box right now. It's absolutely rock solid. Yeah, that's absolutely not supportive of software question does it? No, all I want is a Mac. You want a you want a Mac box to run, you know, to run as a Mac. That's all. That's, that's what you want. You see, where I'm sure we will argue about this more, we will, we will. more and more in the future. So, Let sort of stuff. You know. the, the only one thing is, if you're on ten point eight, you get a free update to ten point ten. I know you're on ten point seven, but Apple have actually been working fairly hard to make sure that as many computers as possible can be upgraded to ten point. 10.11 as well. 10.11 supports all of 10.10's computers. So it's just uh, that it's, you're on a 32-bit architecture and 10.8 went to 64-bit. And that's where the problem is. But at some point, you, you're going to have to... Type, you know, how old is your computer? Your computer's probably 10 years old by now. Oh, yeah. That's it's a good run. Well, of course it is, and it still works. That's That's the, you know... <laughs> Uh, as a little side thing, um, talking about this isn't to do with audio, but talking about uh, ten point um, uh, Windows XP, and there's a link with Internet Explorer six. I've just gone to um, the Internet Explorer six countdown, which is now hosted at um, I think it's a, a Microsoft web type website, and the map is almost completely blue, light blue, which is excellent. That means that. Uh, most of the world is now um, using um, 99, more than 99% not Internet Explorer 6. And only China is behind. So there you go. A little browser update for our audio people. Is that related to the XP thing? Because isn't it the case that... I don't know. That's, that's not audio. There's, there's a significant Let's move on. This yeah, is the... Yeah, you know, we have our time... Uh, we're, we're, we're about to deliver the entirety, all audio podcast allocated minutes for, for July in one go. It's great. Now, uh, of course, so there we go. GarageBand uh, got an update. Has Logic had an update? Um, no, I don't think it has. No, it hasn't. I checked February. It's the last one. But, but Logic, Logic's been okay. <laughs> Logic's been okay. Logic's don't been forget... Okay. If you enjoy the audio podcast, you can subscribe to the audio podcast for free on YouTube, uh, iTunes, GPod, or Stitcher, and all those kind of various things as well. We're not on Spotify, though, actually, just because I, I couldn't be bothered to read their documents, so I haven't bothered doing that yet. Um, there we go. That's what it is. If you want, you can uh, subscribe to the lowest traffic mailing list on the internet, in that we are yet to send an email via it, so there you go. You can uh, find details for doing that as well. If you want to, um, if you want to complain about <laughs> this extensive, only kind of relevant coverage, then um, you can feel free to do so via the uh, email. Is probably the best one, I think, isn't it? Yeah, like show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk is, is the best thing. I think that's the thing we reply to the most. Though other people do kind of look at the Twitter and Facebook every now and again-ish, maybe. Now and again-ish, I'm having to look now. <laughs> there we go. Excellent stuff. And with that done, we're heading to the plunder. Though, we're only take two of the plunder items, though by the time you come to check that out, you won't realize there was a third one, and we'll hold one back for another week. There you go. Oh, but Adam, yeah, you can choose which one you want. That's a bit 1984. Um, uh, well, I mean, I had a look at a couple of these. Um, I, I thought that uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which one to choose. You choose one. In which case, John, definitely the John Chowning. So uh, John Chowning gave a lecture at the Universe Universat Pompu Fabria, which is awesome. Um, Sam, you weren't so taken about it, but there is a great moment where he starts to give a example and demonstration of FM synthesis, which, from the man himself, is just I thought was awesome. So that's what you'd want to see. I I was enjoying the beginning once once Chowning got into it. Took him a few minutes to get into it, I think. And then I skipped forward to see where it was going, and I was like, mm, am I going to sit here for an hour and watch all of those bits in between? Maybe, maybe not. But it's fun. He has those like kind of like little kind of anecdotal stories. He's like, so me and Max, that's Matthews, were you know just hanging out one day, and then we worked out. You know, it has that kind of lovely moment. So you may have lovely rounds, but maybe he's gone to a probably. Yeah. <laughs> awesome stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. And then it strikes me that it's appropriate for us maybe to take the headphone item, as we did talk about Apple Music, which okay. was the extension of the Beat streaming service. So uh, Medium have a how it's made Beats headphones. I was going to they... go for the other one. Me too. Well, I thought there was more of a link there, but this this works. It's fine. There you go. I made the choice. I made the choice, which is kind of cool. It turns out that your Beats headphones um, have a couple of unnecessary bits of metal in them, so they actually weigh of anything, which I thought was pretty fun. And also, it turns out that a the component costs of a pair of Beats headphones is sixteen dollars, and they cost one hundred ninety nine dollars. Or some that particular set of them cost one hundred ninety nine dollars. So there's a significant markup going on there. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. You can tell why Apple were like, yeah, that's a company for us to have. We're we're going there. We're too good. <laughs> there we go. Great stuff, guys. Um, I, I think we're there. Any any other remarks? Have we done the subscribe? We've done all the other stuff. Um, no, that's it. No. Good stuff. Alright, in which case, that was the audio podcast show, 155 Synth Light Magic. Um, I, I'm Scott here. I'm Samuel Freeman. And I'm Adam Yanch and hungry, so um, have, a, have a great lunchtime, everyone, and we'll see you again for another audio podcast. Bye! Bye.